Do you remember, uh, it was like forever ago, Mace, but uh, Robert Milne and Nicole and another person whose name I can't remember right now had a podcast called One Hit Wondering. It was like, mm. it, it was like people, you'd come in and talk about a one hit wonder and we'd listen to the album I, that, that it comes from. Okay. Yeah. Th- this sounds like a great concept. Not familiar with that yeah. particular show. I was on an episode. I, I brought in Billy Myers, Kiss the Rain. Uh, which is one of my favorite songs. And someone reached out to me on LinkedIn and was like, hey, you were on an episode of One Hit Wondering. Do you have the contact information of Robert and Nicole? I want to talk to them. And I was like in 2020. <laughs> Whoa. And I just ignored it. Wow. It was Ira Glass. Wait. No, it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really had me going there. I thought. I believed you. I, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no. But kind of iconic if you ignored Ira Glass on LinkedIn. The now came talk. 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 Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome. We made it. Howdy. Hi. That's right. We have a guest today. We'll be introducing him in a second. It's going to be an exciting (laughs) episode. Um, Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Before we get into that, though, this is Straight People Movies. It's your favorite podcast where each week we two gays, we explore a movie made for straight people, and we ask the ever-loving question, why? 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 Show me the why. Show me the why. Show me the why. You complete why. You know, we haven't asked people in a while, but we really, no one has really answered our question yet. No one has, this is our like 75th episode. I don't know, it might be. Who cares? <laughs> I think and it is. I think it actually is. <laughs> and no one has answered the question why. That We will keep doing this podcast until someone answers why. Literally, we will stop. If you want us to stop, we will stop once you do that for us. The second that happens. You know, I haven't said the A word uh, since uh, that one person, that one fan of ours uh, watched the movie on my behest and kept true to my word. We'll keep true to this word. Yeah. No A word. No A word. We can't, we can't say the A word on this podcast. It's been deleted from the album, like, Beyonce's Renaissance. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm Kirk Van Sickle. I'm Dylan Garcia. And yes, we have a guest today. It's comedian, producer, and host of the podcast Queer Town. It's Mace Kerwick. Woo! Hey y'all. Welcome. Uh, How's it going? Hello, hi. Welcome to the welcome to the Discord. Welcome to the to the vibe. Thank you. Yeah. It, it's great to be here. Uh, I am really grateful to be on the show and that y'all were open to my um very Inspired movie choice. Yes, it's well, a great I, word I, to use. I don't want to put you it, two on the fits. spot, Mace, but uh, would you mind revealing to our audience what your first film was that you suggested? My first film, it, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but you told me it was too gay. Yes. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. It was All That Heaven Allows. Yes. Oh, what a uh, great movie. Can't watch it. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the combo of Rock Hudson and Douglas Sirk is just, it's just a little too, it's a little light in the loafers. That's yeah, why I love Mace yeah. so much, because I, Mace suggested 
all that heaven allows and i said no and then the second response was the movie we're watching today and i was like all right cool okay hell yeah i know how to take feedback and i know how to act upon it <laughs> well, i think it was a very uh, a very good choice and uh i'm really excited to actually talk about this movie today Oh, um, me too. Yeah, especially after watching it, I was like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of zooted to talk are about. You, this movie. Are you, are you, are you tingling a little bit? I'm, I'm a little tingly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about my reaction since the movie stopped playing, and honestly, y'all, I'm still kind of in this like nebulous area of what the fuck <laughs> in like '90s straightness did I just watch? I know. I this know. movie's fucking insane. It's amazing in its insaneness. It's probably the most insane movie. Well, it's not as insane as any given Sunday, but it's in the in the <laughs> great canon of say. the great canon of tonally confused football movies for sure. Yes, yes, yes. The the pivoting, um, I think, to borrow a sports term, the swings. Uh, between stylistic genres, between color grades, <laughs> between um, like direction uh, priorities. I mean, it really, it felt like we were getting four movies in one. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fourfer, for sure. Well, it's funny, whenever I... It was a fourfer, yeah. When I rented this on iTunes, it was the singular movie itself, and then it was also a package that was like five 90s romantic comedies. So... Honestly, uh, history repeats itself and the mirror is looking into itself sort of thing. It's a movie that is both four movies in once and belongs with four other movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, why don't we give the audience a little, I, I don't know how many of our listeners have, have watched this film uh, recently. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we were the first people to rent this movie, you know, this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the hard drives, the servers at the Apple headquarters are covered in dust with Jerry Maguire on them. And somebody, Steve Jobs' <laughs> ghost went, when we rented it. And uh, that's how we were able to watch it. Yeah, we watched Jerry Maguire. Uh, it's the 1996 film directed by Cameron Crowe. And it stars Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., Regina King, Bonnie Hunt, and introducing... Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, I know. Aww. And uh, plot of the movie, you know. <laughs> uh, Jerry McGuire is a sports agent who goes independent after writing a manifesto about the nature of being a sports agent. His only employee, a single mother with a precocious son, has a crush on him. Despite not much happening, this movie is impossible to sum up in two sentences. True. Uh, like, did I miss anything, really? Like, that's kind of the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> I mean, personally, I had a hard time processing the sports plotline, so I think your description knocks my version of the movie out of the park. Oh, I had yeah. to read the Wikipedia page during the movie to understand what was happening yeah. uh, because of sports. Yeah. Uh, but you can currently rent it, uh, Amazon, Apple, iTunes, whatever. Uh, Jeremy McGuire, y'all, what did y'all think? What do, I, what do oh. I think? What do I mm, think of Jerry yeah. Maguire? Um, I think where to begin. It's a very. I I think the biggest thing for me is like I. It was almost impossible to watch it without thinking about the context of when it was made, the people that are in it, and just everything going on with the movie. It's like this kind of movie doesn't exist and hasn't existed since 1996. You know, mm -hmm. so it was kind of bizarre. It, honestly, it really was, and I think. To me, the uh, like strangest thing is I was seeing the the stuff that made almost famous work, 
in like a totally different way because that's also a Cameron Crowe movie, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's also Vanilla Sky, which is also a Cameron Crowe movie. And I... I don't know. I think I've seen Vanilla Sky twice and like that movie I never fully can understand and like rewatching Jerry Maguire it kind of made me appreciate Vanilla Sky a little yeah. differently <laughs> of like oh like Cameron Crowe just like throws a lot of shit at the wall and we're all just like there for the ride. That's his filmmaking style. Yeah, it's very interesting. I uh the first thing I think of when I think of Cameron Crowe is like he tends to make movies about like an, uh, men who like don't they, they know they need women, but they don't realize how they need women. You know what I mean? And Jerry Maguire yeah. might be the old, his opus in this sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like, yes, it was really mind boggling. The Rome. I mean, first off, is this a rom-com for men? I think so. I think I this think, is like three in one, like is body that how the movie was hair advertised wash? to people. I know. I think I, I think it was the mid '90s, so like shit was just like movies for adults. So it's like I feel like it. it, it I've never seen it, but it feels like something's got to give, kind of, or has the same energy to me. Yeah, it's or like, not something got to give as like, good as it gets. I mean, it's like contemporary, like adult contemporary music, but in movie form. Exactly. Yes. So you know what I was thinking about? This might have like killed off whatever genre Jerry Maguire was. But it, like, absolutely, without a doubt, influenced ABC's Sunday night programming block for the next, like, decade and a half. <laughs> like, Brothers and Sisters, yes. I don't know if y'all watch that show. With Sally Field? That is, like, yes, that is, like, Jerry Maguire, but a TV show. It is, like, the same, like, idealistic, like, pursuit of greatness with these, like, weird, sappy, warm-hearted moments. And, like, I don't know, just, like, business. As though, like, business is, like, a thing that, like, like every like white person in America should like aspire to. Although like none of the writers of any of these projects actually understand <laughs> seemingly how people work outside of the movie industry. hundred percent. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Did what does a sports agent do? I don't think the movie really uh, explained it too much. Did they? did they? No. 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 I mean, he he worked with a lot of different athletes, which like really brought you know the the wholeness of sports to mm -hmm. the forefront of the movie. You know, it was a lot of different ages, a lot of different sports, a lot of different like regions of the country. And it seemed like he exclusively worked on contractual stuff outside of what they did on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Guess, question mark. Because yeah. it's like it's there's the what you say the big four, which was like cars, soda. Movies. What were the endorsements? I remember soda. I, I remember soda. Yes, I remember Regina King saying soda. Uh, is this a is this a line in the movie? Yeah, yeah. Regina King is okay. Regina okay. King I, I've forgotten that one. Regina King. Just Regina <laughs> King. Regina, Regina King. King. Um, God, every time she's actually. I mean, I. What's interesting about this movie is the more compelling storyline is probably the romance between him and Renee Zellweger, but the movie yes. lulls whenever Cuba Gooding yes. Jr. and Regina King are not there. So it's also like, I know I, it's weird. Like, the, yeah, they are the best performances in the movie, the both of them, but it's also like, I could not care less about yeah, the entire it, plot line. Well, it was like personality driven with them. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me that Cuba Gooding Jr. won an Academy Award for this performance. It's, like that blows my mind. Yeah. And so, let's actually get, <laughs> let's get into the Oscars of this is all. Uh, Cause this is a weird year for the Oscars. Yes. Is I this mean, Shakespeare this is in love the, year. 
This is English patient year. Oh, English patient. And you know, okay. you know, I love Anthony Minghella. Oh. I love that bitch. Uh, it had it got nominated for best picture. Tom Cruise got best actor, and I've we I've seen all of the movies nominated for best actor, which is crazy for a movie from the nineties. But Cuban Jr. He won against William H Macy and Fargo. Uh, Armin Mueller-Stahl and Shine, who's the dad in Shine, oh, who's so, good. so fucking good, incredible. Uh, Edward Norton in Primal Fear. Oh, great performance. And James Woods in The Ghost of Mississippi. So I've only not seen that one. That's, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Either. So it's like a bunch of like really like iconic roles, but like it's really crazy that Cube- it's like next to each other on the Wikipedia page. He's next to Juliet Binoche. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Julia Binoche and Cuba Gooding Jr. together in the picture. <laughs> I mean, I would love to that s- is 1996. Yeah, you baby. can't get more 90s than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that. that's like the that's like because it's I think every movie, but the English patient or every it might have been every movie. No, every movie with Jerry Maguire was a was an indie. So like yeah, the it English was a, patient. That's what's really crazy about Jerry Maguire is that it was such a phenomenon. I mean, I was only five or six when this movie came out, but mm-hmm. I remember it. I mean, maybe not when it came out, but I remember it being a popular movie in my childhood and my mom watching it. I think that's when I watched it. The first time was with her. And of mm-hmm. course, Jonathan Lipnicki, you know, cause then he was in like, like Mike and other things that we watched as kids. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy how the, the, the movie was so huge and it's lines are still so iconic, but yet the movie yes. is completely removed from all that at this point. I feel like. That's such a good take. I I think it really is like an archaic exercise in narrative storytelling because there's something that's like Tom Cruise is perfectly cast and also completely miscast in this role. Mm. And I think I really like struggled with that (laughs) throughout because he's so charming and so like, good at delivering those monologues but then like the actual like romantic beats where like you need that sincerity i don't know it was like buddy like have have you ever like actually loved someone other than yourself well he's an alien he truly is like it's he's an alien of a person and so whenever he's in 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 any movies that are kind of based mostly based in reality it's really weird well unless it's like the 80s he's only given like you know yeah, no, I agree. He's only given one great performance as Tom Cruise, and you already know what mm. I'm going to say. I know what it is. Say it. It's Magnolia. It's Magnolia because he's baby. playing an extreme version of the Tom Cruise type character, and it. So mm. when, when yep. it gets emotional, you really believe it because you're like Tom Cruise has never been in love, but he definitely probably has daddy issues. I could buy that. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy. His yeah. '90s run is so good because he did a few Good Men. Interview with the Vampire, Mission Impossible, and this, and Jeremy Maguire were the same year. And then Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia, Whoa. which were also the same year. And then it's like, he has such an incredible run, and those are all movies about psychos. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really played with his persona in the 90s, but it's so funny because that's also probably when he was the biggest was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But the 90s are, are it, yeah. you know, we talked a lot about people are looking for different things from movies these days. Like the kinds of movies that make a lot of money these days are not the kinds of movies that made a bunch of money in the nineties. Cause it's like, I, I think I've told this anecdote a couple of times, but it really blows my mind. Like I remember my grandparents when I was like eight or nine talking about how they were going to go see American beauty 
when it came out. Mm-hmm. And like my other grandma mm-hmm. saw Lost in Translation when it came out. And I'm like, <laughs> movies like that, like just don't really feel like they get made anymore. Like these kinds of like Oscar baity movies with like big stars in the center, but they're 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 not indies because they're still studio films, but they're like. Yeah, like we said, adult contemporary pictures, you know? Well, like, my mom's favorite movie, and my mom is from Beaumont, Texas, and her favorite movie is, like, Water for Chocolate, which is, like, a Mexican romantic drama. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, it's crazy that, like, you could see movies like that in the early 90s in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, I couldn't imagine. That'd be like if, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a movie. That'd be like if you saw, like, Baccarat or something yeah. in like Beaumont and like now. No, it's it's fascinating. Or like even like movies like Chocolat. Like I feel like there's this whole era of these kinds of like s- smart adult movies that like maybe rewatching them now, say like Jerry Maguire, it, it's like a little saccharine, you know. But it's still mm-hmm. like, you know, like it, what like what is even an adult movie these days that people go and see, you know? Well, it's like I'm even thinking like. It's like Marcel the Shell with shoes on, like yeah, that movie. Paddington Two, like, Paddington Two, like literally. Yeah. Like These are all shit. kind of like gimmicky, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they, the the thing about Jerry Maguire is it's like very much a movie for people like who have experienced some type of like significant crisis as an adult. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way you're going to relate to it, and I really feel like it is. Like the final line in the movie, I think, sold the artistic statement to me because it's that like random guy who's like the mentor type person mm-hmm. behind a desk, yeah. just like throwing out these like one liners. And the final one is, I love my life, I love my wife, and I hope you can experience my kind of success. I think that is exactly what Jerry Maguire is mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. I it's like, that. it's a movie by straight guys for straight guys. <laughs> and Y'all, the reason I suggested this is that my straight brother told me about it recently and was like, you know what's a great movie? Jerry Maguire. <laughs> That's so, it's so fascinating because like you kind of made a connection in my brain just now of like a lot of movies in the 90s specifically have these kinds of plot lines to them. Even like things like Liar Liar came to mind mm-hmm. or Hook. Hook 2 with Robin Williams. It's all about boomers realizing they have a midlife crisis and it's about how they've let their jobs consume them and they're not letting the things that, quote, really matter um, be a part of their lives as much like their family, if they have kids, kids, that sort of thing. And I find that really fascinating, especially with the way boomers are now, 20 years Well, I think it's also kind of an interesting kind of counterpoint to – I think this movie actually pairs really well with our last week's movie, American Psycho, where it's like Jerry Maguire is kind of the last bit of like the 80s idea of what it is to be like successful in America. It's very Reagan, you know? It's very Reagan. And then American Psycho, American Beauty, Fight Club are these movies that come three years later that dismantle it and tear it down. And it's all very Gen X kind of ideology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. because well, yeah, is Cameron Crowe's born in the '50s, so he's like super. He is a boomer. I mean, like almost famous is loosely based on his life, like as a teenager, right? Yeah, in the '70s. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy. He it's crazy. He wrote Fast Times, what? which is like we watched that recently. He wrote Fast Times. Wrote, it's about really? him. Yeah, it's about like he did like went undercover. He never been kissed himself and went undercover as a high school, and then wrote a book about it. And that no book was Fast shit. Times. 
Wow. Oh, that yeah, is fascinating. Yeah, I vaguely remember in Movie Club that being part of the presentation, actually. Mm-hmm. Now that you're saying it. And so, like, it's crazy because Fast Time is a movie that, like, super holds up, is super prescient still, is incredible. Mm-hmm. I love Fast Times. And then this movie feels such, like, a, an object of its time. Well, it's soft, you know. It, it, it definitely, mm-hmm. like, has that vibe of what I was talking about where it's, like, men realizing, like, you know what? Like, the fast life isn't what I want. I want the picket fence and I do want the wife and kids. And that's really what matters. Um, which is like, I can vibe with that, you know, but as a gay man, of course I'm like, you know, and I'm like, well, I thought I was going to die by the time I was 40 when I was 18. So yes, I can't relate. Yeah. I mean, we oh, still got time. We still, oh, <laughs> it's not too late. Minus eight years. Woo. Um, but yeah, it, no, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think the, the, the like weird thing to me is like he has this breakthrough and he goes on a different path, but it's not that different. Like he doesn't have to leave the industry that he's in. He's just approaching it in like a different way, but he still like has that moment at the end of the movie where he's like recognized by like all these like other like sports industry people behind the scenes of like Cuba Gooding Jr.'s interview. Mm. And I don't know, I feel like it would have resonated or been like more impactful if he had like transitioned jobs, if he had like done something that really was like shaking up his life. But like in all reality, he like wrote a manifesto, he got fired from a job and then like he kept one of his clients from that job and continued doing things pretty much the same. (laughs) Yeah. He just went to the football games. (laughs) That was the yeah. difference. <laughs> no, I agree with you. He I, was I thought there it was like in fascinating, person. especially like looking at it from like in a from a political or socio you know, socio not societal point of view. It's like the movie is like about optimism, I suppose, but it, it doesn't think that you have to sacrifice capitalism for that, which I think is really interesting because <laughs> that's a very nineties yeah. thing, I think. And nowadays mm-hmm. we're like, <laughs> no. That's no, not how it works. <laughs> No. Can we talk for a second about Bonnie Hunt? Because for me, she was the MVP yes. of oh. my viewing. Oh, we got to put a pin in that. We will have a yes. Okay. We'll, we, we have a okay. specific cool. section for the Bonnie Hunt. We have a- <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yes. good. She, she, she needs her flowers. Oh, she, yeah. and she but, will get them from us. But you know what? I would like to discuss in the general discussion is somebody who I think might be the ultimate. Like, she should be a gay icon, but she's not. And I think it's really interesting. Renee mm. Zellweger. She's great. Yes. She's fantastic. She's a good actor. She uh-huh. played Judy Garland and won an Oscar a couple years ago. She's in Bridget Jones's yeah. Diary, Chicago. All these movies. And I feel like the gays don't love her. Why don't we love her? Discuss. I don't, it's weird. <laughs> Is it, Why don't we love I her? I have a theory. I think because she's kind of like neither fish nor fowl sort of thing where she's like not a character actress because she's too weird, but she's not, I, I would, she doesn't like really feel like a leading person either. Like she doesn't have that same like Nicole, Julianne, Meryl feel to her, but she doesn't feel like a supporting. She's, she's not like a in Juliet a weird Minoche. class of her own. It's really she's odd. She's her own thing. And then she's Even like, like, I, I would throw someone else in um, the class with her. Who is that? Who? 
Y'all, this is going to be a little controversial, but I think Renee Zellweger and Laura Linney hit a lot of the yeah. same notes. I agree. Of like, they're not really celebrities when they're not acting. Mm -hmm. Like, there's like a little bit of like interest in their lives, but I think by and large, they're just like normal people when yeah. they're not performing. That's what it is. But it's weird because Renee, though, she did disappear for like ten years, get a bunch of plastic yeah. surgery. Like, I feel yes. like everything she does. <laughs> gives gay storyline, you know? And yet we yes, reject absolutely. it. absolutely. Like, when is she going to do her whatever happened to Baby Jane? You know what I mean? Yes. With Laura Linney, I guess. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. if, if she, yeah, mm. Laura Linney in, yeah. In oh the Betty God. Davis role, of course. Well, I was going to say uh, Renee in the Betty Davis role. Okay, she, oh. she kind of would eat. She kind of would eat. She could eat. Because you can imagine Laura Linney, you know, in the wheelchair, Oh yeah, being very stoic about the whole thing. Being very and yeah, and you can imagine in your head right now Renee Zellweger going, "But you are Blanche, you are in that chair." I can right see there. it. It's I right just there. feel like what the problem with Renee is is she takes herself very seriously as an actor. So even when she plays fun characters like Roxy in Chicago or like Bridget Jones, there's mm. a lack. There's not really a campness to her. It's very mm -hmm. earnest, especially even in Jerry Maguire. Mm -hmm. Like, she, that role is hard. Like, I think it's hard. She's like a 26-year-old who's a young mother who's in love with her, like, sports agent boss. And I, like, bought it. And it's, like, kind of ridiculous a little bit. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. Their whole romance is ridiculous. Yeah, you shouldn't be rooting for it. And yet somehow there's the earnestness of her performance that like really sells it. It's mm -hmm. like she and they're like kind of generous with her character too. Like she has like a heavily featured set piece which is her own home. She like gets that scene where she like, you know, like has like the the winning I don't know like sales approach with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Regina King and they're like, "Hmm, yeah, like we just bought what you just told us, and she's like, "Thank you." Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a really interesting performance, isn't it? It just, I think she embodies. I feel like her and Cuba Gooding Jr. together on upper uh, opposite ends of the character kind of traits represent this movie, like what Jerry Maguire is all about—that mm, optimism. Yeah, you know, because Tom Cruise, I think this is. At least from, you know, the stuff of his that I've seen, this felt like the most normal role. Like, like he's really playing like an everyday kind of guy at the end of the day, yeah. which he really never does, or at least hasn't done perhaps since this. And I think having Renee and Cuba and Regina and Bonnie, it's like this weird energy, like trail mix. <laughs> that somehow they pull off. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really fascinating. I I truly think that when it comes to like looking at it from every angle, this might be the most 90s movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Just everything that was going on mm -hmm. politically, socially, boomers hitting the middle age, being the same age as their the child in the movie, it was, it was a little strange to watch it because I'm like, yeah, like there was a, this was the vibe. This was the vibe when I was a kid. It was just like, a, <laughs> like when they got married and he wasn't in love with her, like just out of nowhere. And like, they got married in her backyard. I was like, yeah, like that's tea. Yeah. Like that's how it was. People just be getting <laughs> married. Like mm -hmm. for no, to save a business. Why not? You know? 
I feel like being yeah, a ring and, bearer is a very 90s thing. I don't know why. I never got to but, do that. Oh, I did. It was very fun. Oh, cute. I was a piano player at my um, aunt's wedding, and she like walked down the aisle really quickly, and I had been told to play Here Comes the Bride all the way through twice, and so <laughs> I just kept playing it, and she's like standing in place. That's like a very camp thing to happen. I like that. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah it was like and that's my comedy debut baby <laughs> uh speaking of weddings why do straight people love this movie sports 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 i mean sports it's a movie about sports. sports there are the wikipedia page for the cast of this movie has this huge huge list of names that i am supposed to know that are all blue links <laughs> No idea. Who oh no! I knew Tr- I knew Troy Aiken. I know that name. That's a- Aikman. Troy Aikman is it Aiken or Aik- oh it's Aikman? Oh my god! There's I'm so Clay Aiken. many famous people in this movie from the sports world, and I you you could have told me those were all actors, and I would have had no yeah. idea. No idea. They could have been yeah. astrophysicists, and I would have been like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No idea. I don't. <laughs> Any Lucy Liu was one of the former girlfriends in that video. That I don't remember. <gasps> I don't. That I, that I think is a lie. And if it is true, it's like two seconds. Yes. Like she, she, she barely made the cut. <laughs> She's like, he can't say I love you. Cut. Like, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> no, it's more like heat cut. It's just, yeah, it's just a yeah, picture of Lucy just... Liu. I will say that my, I feel like on a personal level, my Tom Cruise embodied my dad's energy when he arrives to his surprise bachelor party and he like collapses on the ground dramatically, like being like, oh man, <laughs> oh, and I was like, wow, there's, there's dad right there. That is some Speaking shit. Speaking of pulled. dads. Yeah. There is a man in the background of that scene and he is also <laughs> in, he's the director of the camel commercial. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, who's like that was a really confusing. Tall. He was very, hot. very I, hot. I definitely clocked him, and I wasn't fully sure of like why he was in the movie or why he was like one of like Tom Cruise's groomsmen in the wedding. Me um, I did not notice. But this I was man. glad that he was there. Oh, me too. Oh, uh, his hands were so big it could cover my entire face. See, I was crushing on like the jazz obsessed like nanny. Oh yeah, the au pair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he yeah, was the, gay, and then who, I was like, "Wait, who I don't wasn't think he's gay." Hmm, this is weird. You like no? He likes jazz. So no, when mind. he said he was like Miles Davis, I went, "Okay, so straight." Um, <laughs> the only jazz that gay people listen to are that Floating Points album from last year. Oh my god, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, yeah, sports and, bla- and Black Midi's Hellfire and Black Midi. Yes. <laughs> uh, sports. No idea what they are. Uh, yeah, I guess truly- that's how you. That's how you get straight dudes into your romantic drama, romantic comedy, the sports. No, I mean, that's truly like this movie so manipulative mm, in that way. You know, yeah. it really is. I feel like my, I, I remember. I think it's I, afraid. I, think like I hated this movie, I think, because it tricked him, you know. <laughs> oh, I think it's afraid to be an outright rom-com because there were certain moments where it was like maybe like two thirds of the way through the movie where like Cuba and Tom like pivoted into like leading man and best friend talking about like romantic things. And it was this like weird kind of like not really earned dynamic between the two of them. You know, like you figure their first scene together is show me the money. And then it's like, Look, man, this is what you got to do to like win over this girl of your dreams. 
<laughs> like, do you ever talk? Like, I would never talk to a, a client like that of mine uh, about my person, my personal life. But that's what earnestness is all about in the '90s. It's all about sleeping with your, you know, employees, uh, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, romance with a, your naked client. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you make deals. That's how you make the money, baby. I think that that's such a straight guy fantasy, though. Like, he doesn't really have to work to like meet hot women or like be around cool dudes. Like. He just finds it all through his job. <laughs> I mean, that's how it works. His, his sports job. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've met all of my lovers. Yeah, I mean, like, well, they, that's the thing. They don't have gay clubs like we do. Like, their straight clubs don't operate mm. the same way like ours do. No. You know, it's, that's true. It's really they don't sad. have they a hole to stick your dick through. They have to find other avenues. Mm-hmm. It's really, it really is sad. Oh my God! Totally yeah, unrelated. People. I definitely have already looked into um, the bathhouse scene in Chicago, and there are three different bathhouses. Are there bathhouses in Austin, wow. or is it just twenty-four hour fitness? No, oh, it, now it's twenty-four hour fitness. There was a bathhouse in Austin, but it closed. <laughs> it was what was incredible. that one called? It was called? The Midtown. name is like that's right. Uh, that's right. What a beautiful heaven on earth that place was. You know, I missed out on that, uh, and I am just kicking myself over that one. It was so much fun. I don't like sex, so I never went. <laughs> Same. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> um, I, we always talk about this in this segment of other movies, but quotes. Straight people fucking love. Straight people yeah, be quoting shit. This has come up more than any other thing for us. I mean, we haven't talked about mm. daddy issues in a while. Yeah, we it was like we had like daddy 12 issues. movies in a row that all had daddy issues. And then I feel like we watched all the daddy issues movies. Mm-hmm. We, we're done. Way. And now now we got quotes. Yeah, it's all quotes. And this movie has fucking quotes that are still used to this day. Show me the money. Help me help you. And then back to back, I didn't realize they were like sequential lines in the screenplay, but you complete me and you had me at hello. So I'm confused about you had me at hello as a line. Does she mean hello when he came in in that conversation that was happening or hello like when they met like a year ago or whatever? Because he, when he enters the house, he says, hello, hello, I'd like to talk with my wife. And then he goes into his monologue. Um and, and I kind of knew, like, that's where the scene was heading because I just remembered from when I had watched it previously. And I have to think that's what it was. Yeah. It's like, she's just, like, so easy to forgive him. Well, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I think that, first off, he put a lot of work into that monologue, so respect respect it. <laughs> Number two, girl, come on, have higher standards for yourself. You have me a hello, <laughs> bitch? Come on. <laughs> Come. She's, she is the oldest 26-year-old in the world. I'm the oldest. Yeah, that line. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like that is kind of accurate for how I would have behaved at 26. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like you said exactly what I needed to hear. It's forgiven. <laughs> like, let's never talk about She's this like, again. I'm going to go suck your dick. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> my precocious little infant boy. That's why he is yeah. the most precocious child. Oh my god! Yeah, the, this movie has so many fucking children in it, and straight people love children. Nineties so movies many filled children. with children, filled, filled to the brim. The only child that rules in this movie, or there's two children that rule in this movie. One, the one that plays golf in the very, yes. very, very, very beginning. That child rules, uh, throws the golf club. And, oh, mm-hmm. and then yep. the kid that says, uh, "What is he? He's had four concussions. Fuck you." <laughs> Oh, that, yeah. Like, makes him have yeah, his, and that like, was Drake Bell. Bell. The one that makes him write a memo. What? 
No. What? Yeah, that was Drake no, Bell. No, that was uh, from Drake and Josh. Drake Bell, yes. who is currently uh, evading like sex charges in Mexico. Drake Bell. I think one in the same, unfortunately. <laughs> Hell yeah. God, that's crazy. Wow. wow, yeah. The whole like energy of the character that he plays is such a like 90s kid where it's like, I'm kind of tough, but I'm also wise. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's how they, they paint. No wonder we all got so fucked up because they made mm-hmm. us all think that's how we were and we weren't. You know? Yeah. Were you yeah. shouting off random facts? Damn it. How old was, how old was he? Jonathan Lipnicki, where are we at? Literally, I think the same year I was born. Yep, 1990. Actually, same Nin- month uh, I was born. Oh, my God. He's my age, oh. too. Oh, my God. Are y'all Jonathan Lipnicki? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm Jonathan. He's you Lipnicki. You mean the, the co-star <laughs> of Like Mike with Bow Wow? Yeah, that's me. Also, like, the like effective lead, at least the human lead of Stuart Little. Yeah, ah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, he was iconically on My Life on the D list. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Kathy Griffin dates him. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that's such a Kathy Griffin thing to do. He's like 15. Uh, yeah, and um, he's cool. Sean Lindsay's cool as hell. Yeah, good for him. I he's really. Yeah, he's doing it in that movie. He's just, he's so goofy. He's, he's so charming. Goofy. Whenever he's on the phone with Cuba Gooding Jr. I, it's one of my favorite scene. scenes. Yeah. It it's was incredible. adorable. It was adorable. Yeah, it was it was precocious and he got us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and according to IMDb trivia, the um, him saying that the human head weighs eight pounds is just something he showed up to set wearing and they decided to keep it in the movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also one of the most iconic lines in the movie. I think that and Dogs and Bees can smell fear. That was, for some reason, uh, a big quote uh, in the Garcia family was mm. Dogs and Bees can smell fear. Don't know why. My parents just thought it was really funny. It's a fun factoid. It is fun. Yeah. Because they can smell fear. They can. That's why I don't like them. Yeah. I love bees, but you ever watch that lady on TikTok, the, the Texas rescue whatever she's like she's based out of austin i think and she'll like go like if you have like bees on like your ac unit or whatever she'll come take them off and she like doesn't wear protection at all she just goes fully in her shirt and jeans and she's just raw dog and raw it. dogs those bees and she just like sticks her arms in like the beehive Ooh. and is like i found the queen and now and then she, she has this she, she talks like an alien and she goes another great day of saving the bees um, and it sounds so weird the way she says it. Um, but yeah, she's I wish great. I was that check her out. I know, just yeah. rescue bees. Yeah. She like can, I don't understand how she can like find the queen. Like it's like an, a half an inch bigger than a regular bee, and she's like, there it is. And she puts in a little hair clip, and then she'll like. What does she do with it? She like puts the uh, so like yeah, if it's like on your AC or like or anything, if it's like in your house. She'll take the queen and then put it in like a uh, temporary hive and the bees will be like, oh, there's the queen. Let's go follow her. And so they go follow her to the new hive and then she takes them to her farm. Whoa. It's a cool. She's a cool lady. That's cool. I yeah. love it. I'm learning something. Learn something about bees every day. And that's what straight This is what you come to straight movies yeah. for. I, I- <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh, speaking of saving the bees, is there anything gay about this movie? And now we may talk about the queen. And now we may talk about Bonnie Hunt. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Bitch. I've been waiting for this moment. She's incredible. She's unreal. My favorite Bonnie Hunt moment in the movie is when they're, and by them I mean Tom and Renee, are like getting physically intimate. And she's just like randomly listening to them have sex while smoking a joint and eating Renee's leftover food from the Mexican restaurant. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely iconic. Bonnie Hunt's the uh, only person in this movie that feels like an actual person that I know. Yes. 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 Oh yes. my God. Whenever she can just imbue, you know, such a reality to her characters, I think. Like whenever mm-hmm. she runs into Renee with that plate and she goes, yes. lean forward, lean forward. Yeah. Like, that oh was the God, gayest part of the whole movie. Gayest part right there. Oh my God. Yeah, Bonnie Hudson Crowley. And I love that it was like sweaters that she was offering Renee. Like, it was like, why don't you get out of this sweater and put on <laughs> one or two other sweaters? <laughs> and I love that it's like, here's the conservative uh, turtleneck sweater or the horny slut sweater. I thought the whole first, the whole first half of the movie, I thought this movie was set in New York based on the way they dressed. <laughs> and then when I realized they were in LA, I was gooped and gagged. I was like, what is, why is everyone wearing turtlenecks? <laughs> Yeah, like why it's does LA. it look like it's? It looks like yeah, yeah you're, you're Thanksgivinging in New Hampshire, you know, with your. They all were giving family. New England to me. Yes, <laughs> it's very New England vibes for sure. I was so confused, and then I saw some palm trees, and I went, "Wait a second. And then they were like San Diego, <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a second. Are they in California?" <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think that I clocked that it was in LA. I, I really thought that it was like Connecticut yeah. and he commuted into New York. Yep. Nope. It's yeah. set in LA. I was so, it's not an LA movie by any means. It doesn't have, mm-hmm. you know, the LA vibe that other LA movies have, but yeah, it's LA. And I was like, okay, everybody just really be wearing layers in the nineties. Yeah. I guess well, I like, don't know. There is a scene where he's flying into an airport, and I, you've referenced this before, Kirk, but it has the Mexico filter over it. Ah, yes. Yeah, the gold, the, yes, the golden I filter. noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just I, orange for some reason, I guess. That's whenever it, he's in L.A. And it's just that one shot, too. It's they didn't so do weird. it at it's any so other so part weird. in the movie. He's just flying uh, over New Mexico, and they thought, Mexico filter. <laughs> Throw it on there. No one will notice. I like Body Hunt's um, divorce women's group. I feel Incredible. like it, I feel like it was a little bit of commentary making fun of like feminist left leaning yeah left leftist women. I mean, it's fine, whatever. I don't care, but I definitely got I that vibe from go. it. I was like, Cameron Crowe is like, aren't these kinds of women annoying everyone? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Ladies talking about their feelings, not on my watch. <laughs> Well, his mother, his actual mother is in that scene. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's like a weird element of like, are you making fun of your mom? (laughs) I think so. I mean, even like the whole fact that he has to give that speech in front of them to kind of prove that they're wrong about Mm. men. Like, I was like, hmm, this is all very Mm. on purpose, isn't it, Cameron? Mm, Cameron. Well, I just feel like... Like, have y'all ever been in queer spaces that are very, like, femme, like, forward? And they're like, we don't want men in this space. Like, you are, like, an adversary to the energy that we are trying to curate here. I felt like there should have been more of that 
element. Oh, totally. Instead of like, mm-hmm. well, shit, he gave a really good monologue. I guess, I guess we just need to be really proud of him for doing that. Ladies, yeah. put down your wine glasses and forgive this man. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna do like, oh my god, Oscar's eating banana like, bread. Do it, you know, like just yeah. go for it. No, I've actually never. I, I'm never invited to those spaces. So I don't know what it's like to be kicked out of them. <laughs> Sorry, my cat just started eating the banana bread that I made. No. That was fucked up. <laughs> I can't leave Emmy and Oscar. being kicked out that. of spaces. Yeah, it was Oscar. Fuck you, Oscar. Fuck you, Oscar. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I do think there's one other gay moment in this movie, and it's whenever he's on the plane in the beginning, and he's describing. Uh, the wedding or whatever or the thing with his fiance and he's like and then they started playing here comes the bride and the woman he's talking to goes i love that song <laughs> <laughs> like wait wait, I don't wait. Remember that at how all. it's like one how do second. you remember this <laughs> because i i like was, i like fully went to my computer i was like i have to write this down i love this it's so funny to me <laughs> but i love this song uh, talking about Here Comes the Bride is incredible. That's iconic. Incredible. Delicious. <laughs> Wait, how, we we can't move on from like the gay things What's in the that? movie without talking about Kelly Preston's performance. <laughs> she gives. Like she chose an angle and she leaned into it. Mm-hmm. Like that scene where like they're having sex and she like climbs up off of him and goes and grabs the biggest bowl of mixed berries that I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life <laughs> and plops her ass down at this like kitchen table that's like just for two people still butt ass naked and is like mm, I'm gonna eat this strawberry in front of you <laughs> yeah I, I really appreciate her performance I feel like she is what gay men wish they were but we're not uh, I, I wish no. I was that mean. One hundred. I know. R.I.P. Queen. Well, in the fact, I, yeah, she's so good in uh, Eulogy. If you've ever seen I've that, I've never movie. seen that. Mm-mm. It's good. She, I think, plays a lesbian in that, and is like dating Fomke Jensen. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to her? What's she up to? I have no clue. Uh, she's lost the sins of time. She's great. She's still working. Oh, she's in a lot of the. And is she the wife in Taken? She was in How to Get Away with Murder. Oh hell yeah! <gasps> I oh, think she's she the was. wife in Didn't Taken. She? I think she is. I think you're onto oh, something. Yeah. My Dutch sister. Oh, I love her. I didn't know. Love you, Queen. I didn't know. Wow. She's currently on a show on BET called Long Slow Exhale. Huh. What do we think yeah, that one's about? She's working. She's working. She's working. She's getting, she plays Dr. Melinda Barrington, Chancellor of the University. Oh. Perfect oh, I bet she her. eats that. Perfect. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Dr. Melinda Barrington sounds like a Jenna Maroney role. Uh, oh, know. yes. <laughs> Uh, As chancellor of this school. Dude, this eulogy <laughs> movie looks like the exact kind of thing I would have watched when I was in like high school. It's, oh, it it's was. Giving, it's and giving it was some like dramedy so, like, energy. Edgy. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I oh, love the fish called Oh, this poster. cast, this cast, bitch. Zoe Deschanel, Hank Azaria, Fomka Johnson, Kelly Preston, Ray Romano, Deborah Winger, Jesse yes. Bradford, Piper yes. Laurie, Rip Torn. Yes. Yes. It's, it, it's a great cast in H- Hank Azaria's intro scene, I think is one of my favorite, like, intros that I've ever seen in a comedy because he's like a struggling actor and he's in this like really bad adult porn film and he plays the towel guy who hands the porn stars the towel while they go <laughs> off to fuck. Yes. <laughs> like he's not actually having sex himself. <laughs> Would you be a fluffer if, just, if, if you chose your life differently? I'd do it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say no to it. I feel like I'd just be in be in porn. I want to get fluffed. <laughs> that's actually the mm-hmm. that's the theme. That's how I describe the podcast to people. It's like each week one person's the fluffer and the other person gets fluffed. <laughs> but you'll never know who it is. Oh. We're oh, actually, so we're spicy. actually in the like same that. room. People think we're in different cities, but Mhm. We're actually jerking each other off right now. Uh. Yeah. yeah, you can't see yeah, my other I've hand, been, can you? You know, remote dialing in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this whole time. We're slapping and and I can, I can tell something's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're jerking each other off. Yeah, you're just the guest. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you don't get to touch the dick. We haven't done a circle jerk yet, but we're working our way towards it. We're working on it. I know I'm, we're going to get really drunk in LA whenever I go for Primavera Sound LA 2024. And, um,. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. We're gonna see. We're gonna just be getting from a Hercules and Love Affair set. Oh my God! Shut up. <laughs> and it's like, Kirk, it's almost three a.m. I'm gonna go to bed, but I'm really, I can't fall asleep. I'm kind of wired you, after that Hercules and Love Affair set. When Annie came out to do Blind, I just, how was I ever gonna fall? Can asleep? Can we live that? stream us fucking on Twitch? <laughs> As an episode, live straight people movies episode. Of straight people movies, and then we actually talk about a straight people movie while we're having sex. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about there will be blood uh, while I'm entering. That's you. a great choice. We should do that. We have we have we done a PTA? We did licorice pizza. We did licorice pizza. We should do another PTA. Um, I feel like this fantasy came together a little too quickly. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like y'all maybe talked about this one before. <laughs> it's yeah, it's in our other rundown it's, that we have. It's the Sag Libra energy. We just can't help it. It really is. Yeah. We can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like feel. a hot air Which balloon. Which one's this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of hot air balloons, uh, we're gonna go to the gay recommendation section where we recommend a movie that's a little gayer than the one that we just watched. Uh, I couldn't think anything. I just put most Jennifer Lopez movies because yeah. Jennifer Lopez, I feel like is like the female Tom Cruise and that they're both weird aliens. <laughs> I could see it like made in Manhattan, you know? Yeah. Another movie yeah. that like should have a capitalist angle, but doesn't, you know? No. I mean, my beloved second act, uh, I think is a good choice. That came out a couple <laughs> oh years ago. Oh my God, not second act again, Ooh. girl. Second act is so fucking good. Uh, I mean, Marry Me feels very... I never saw Marry Me, but that trailer was like six minutes long, so I feel like I saw it. But are these gay people movies? Yeah. I feel like they're, I mean, they're Jay- straight girl movies. The Cell. The Cell. Let's just recommend The Cell. The again. Cell. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any, because like Jerry Maguire is such a weird singular movie. Have we already, I think for the other sports movie we did, we already did A League of Our Own, right? Yeah, we already did that. So we can't uh, recommend that again. It's the only sports like, movie I can think of that's for gays. 
I know. <laughs> like, oh, bend it like I, Beckham. I have a good one. Oh, what? Oh, it. Well, it, it's funny. The name isn't coming to me, but oh, Sea Biscuit. That's gay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, it's not. This is giving all that heaven allows part two. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, that movie has Toby Maguire in it, right? He said, "All that heaven allows." Toby Maguire. All that heaven allows is straight and tween with an gay. eating disorder. Yeah. <laughs> I, ooh, tweens with eating disorders. Go on. Uh, yeah, any gay sports movie. Yeah. What's a league of their own? Ben like Beckham. Well, we we said this in our Stick notebook episode. It. But there's not a lot of that's very gay. Uh, which one? Bend it like Beckham. Stick it uh. with. Oh, uh, bend it like Beckham. Yes, but stick it with. It's like. Bring it on, but there's like a gymnastics angle to it. And Jeff Bridges is this like grumpy old coach, Ew, but it's yeah. like a it's like a hot kind of um, uh, more like butch leaning lead, who I think is now the lead of that show FBI. So. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I mean we said that like sports. There might actually be more gay sports movies than there are gay romance movies because we discussed in the Notebook that there's not really a lot of great romances that I would consider to be gay movies uh, that are newer, at least. Yeah. Your classic yeah. Hollywood Although, ones, sure. But, like, even Brokeback Mountain is not even really a gay movie, is it? It's it's not made for us. It was made for the streets. Yeah. Well, um, friend of the it, pod it, and uh, former and future guest Brian Bonnet, he did tweet at us yes. that we did miss out on, what was that movie? Love oh, yeah, is Strange. Uh, with, Love is uh, Strange. Stanley Tucci, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta oh. shout that out. Yeah, I watched that one. Love it's very strange. cute and uh contemplative and um like you kinda know where it's heading, but it was an interesting angle on that like my partner is dying plotline okay. that was somehow removed from AIDS even though it was a gay movie, which I feel like Hollywood just can't wrap its mind around. It's like, oh, someone's dying of like a really shitty disease that isn't AIDS? What? How? They said, we got to produce this. Focus features, get over there. <laughs> yeah. With, with two straight actors. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Who's well, the other? Is it Alfred Molina? Is that the other actor in it? Oh, that's cute. I love that. I think it's Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Oh, there we go. Colin Firth. Yeah, I, I, what we were arguing in the notebook is there's no gay movies with old people in them because, you know, oh, because we yeah. said Beginners was the only one yeah. we could think about, like think of. Yeah. And it's a coming out movie, mm. which is like, you know. There's a movie that came out maybe last year about like a hairdresser who is gay and he like escapes from this sort of like abusive um like senior living facility and like goes to like style the hair of a former client of his who just uh, died yeah. and he like he like wants to like be part of her like burial thing Aww. um yeah that one was good i love that uh that that moved me yeah Aww. what's it called I mean, i've seen doc what's it called i can't remember oh, no. <laughs> it, it moved me but not enough to remember it <laughs> <laughs> let's see all right well uh I think that is the episode. That's Jerry Maguire. Um, my name is Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcid or Instagram and Letterbox at Garcid. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on, oh God, what is it? Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle, and then oh. on Letterboxd <laughs> and Twitter at K-R-K-V-N-S-E-K-L-E. 
Yeah, and uh, Macy, where can people find you? What uh, plugs you got? You got anything for the listeners yeah, at home? Yeah, check out check out my show Queer Town. It's all about Austin's queer community. And if you want to find me, just uh, look in your nightmares because mm-hmm. I'm hiding. Call me, beat me <laughs> if you want to reach me. Did you say? Uh, uh, no, I'm. It sounded like you said beat me. I think I think he did. Yeah, I did. I'm, Call me. It reminded me, me of uh, yeah. the my favorite Yingying twins line, which is "Beat that pussy up, like Bam." <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a horny episode. Yeah, it is a very horny episode. We've only done one. Ah, uh, though. So. Oh, we haven't done an. Uh, uh. <laughs> you got one, Mace. I really felt that. That was like too realistic. That was like we're in the back of the Uber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Stick it in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to get it in where I can. My boyfriend hates it when I make moaning noises for fun. Um, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> All right. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you for joining us. We'll definitely have you back on, Maze. Thank you for and, having uh, me. This was of course. delightful. Great, great selection of a film. Um, we love you so much. Bye. 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 Bye, y'all. And now came talk. 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 Talk.